Editing cat here. I did not realize that the record button was not pressed on my microphone, so I made it about 10 minutes without audio. You'll still be able to hear me, but it won't be as high quality as when I finally turn my microphone on at around the 10 minute mark. My apologies. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. So a few things. Uh, it is 30 degrees here in the Rocky Mountains and I'm sweating my balls off. <laughs> I have a fan going. Now, I'm assuming because of my previous recordings for my podcast, a lot of stuff, like a lot of white noise and stuff that I hear in my studio, you can't hear through the microphone. So I'm really hoping that you're not hearing this fan. And I hope that it blowing into the microphone isn't picking up any sound. So we're just going to go with it. I might actually turn the fan off because I'm super worried. About that. Um, and also I, uh, what was the other thing? Fan. Oh, and construction. I have to have the window open, otherwise I just might die and then there'd be no more kitty liquor, which would suck. <laughs> so this, of course, is episode eight and it's chock full of fun times. I uh, spent some time kind of reading comments and listening to emails that you guys have written and uh, just trying to get ideas as to what you want me to talk about and I've got a few so uh, as you can see I have two kitty elixirs here well one is my signature kitty elixir this one here so I ordered these glasses um, from the same website that I got the mushroom glasses and also the birdie like cocktail glasses and they look like little fish bowls so I decided to get creative and um, I created this blue concoction and I, and I made a goldfish out of a carrot, a baby carrot. I actually had two uh, baby carrots left and I made another, I made another like garnish for this glass and then I thought it was, it was the stupidest thing I'd ever seen. It wasn't even anything. It was just like a carrot halved with a slice down the middle that I was gonna put on the edge and I thought, why would I do that for laughs for shits and giggles but anyway so okay I'll be honest the carrot is kind of like because I cut it with a little knife the carrot is kind of putting little bits of bait like little slivers of carrot in the, in the water so it looks a little murky doesn't look the most attractive but I mean tell me that that isn't a cute idea I mean, you could probably use a gummy, you know? It maybe would be, but I just, this is what I had on hand. I had two baby carrots, all right? And and the other one, like I said, I was gonna use as a garnish and then I tried to cut another fish. So there'd be two goldfish in here and then it just, it looked like a geometric shape. It didn't look like a fish. Uh, so anyway, let's test this sucker out. So I overspiked both of these drinks total free pour, total accident really. This one here is vodka and no, sorry, gin with, um, I actually have this like keto kind of Gatorade mix and um, it's blue. So I decided to use it. <laughs> I, I, there's something about drinks 
or cocktails that have an interesting color that appeal to me. So like say there's, say you're in a restaurant and a server walks by with a tray of drinks and then there happens to be a really interesting kind of like cool looking blue one or purple or something. I'm like, that's what I want. Something so aesthetically pleasing like that makes the drink taste better to me. And um, there was one time though in Mexico where I ordered, they had like this beautiful drink menu and all the cocktails were just, I don't know, they're all different types anyway. And the, the one that I ordered, which was the prettiest, it was like a triple color layer. It was like orange, purple, and like green on the bottom or something. And they used mezcal in it, which is like a smoky tequila. Worst drink I ever had. <laughs> beautiful, most beautiful on the outside, but tasted yucky. And you know what? It might be delicious to somebody else because I'm not a super huge fan of mezcal. I think I, I got a little bit hungover <laughs> and had some sort of situation where either I puked and it tasted like smoky tequila or something, something like that happened. And so now I'm kind of turned off by it. I don't like smoky tequila in like a fruity drink. You know what I mean? I don't need that. Like maybe in some sort of, I don't know, martini <laughs> or something, something salty. I don't know. So uh, anyway, so this is gin, like our super, I swear this is a half gin, <laughs> but I'm going to take it easy because I want to get through this podcast sober. And then my signature kitty elixir, you guys know well that you won't know the recipe, maybe ever. And this I uber spiked to. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I just was like, oh, bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this is accompanying me in today's episode. And uh, if you are just listening to this podcast, I highly recommend that you make, make your way over to the YouTube version so you can kind of see exactly what I'm talking about especially when it comes to this goldfish drink that I created. And I doubt that this is an original idea, but these glasses, I mean, you cannot get more fish bullish than this. And then, I mean, the carrot, the goldfish. This is actually super fun for kids too, I think. Like, you know, if you're having a party and you make a blue punch and inside are little baby carrot fish, you just take a knife and like cut the shape. I think it'd be fun. So I have to share this. This is something that maybe none of you care about, but I was listening to uh, the new Whitney Cummings podcast. She just came out with it today. I think it was today and it's called Good For You. And she, it's her interviewing Tim Dillon and who I think is, is one of the funniest people out there. But he, I was watching this podcast and around like a one minute and I'll put a timestamp in case you want to check it out. but around the one minute and 32, no, sorry, one hour, 32 minutes and like 20 seconds around there. I'll like timestamp it right here in case you want to check it out. There is a flash of an image on the podcast, almost like, you know, back in the day when they used to use, they would like, what what's the right way to put this? They would insert images kind of subconsciously to people that were watching. They didn't notice it really, but it kind of sent them some sort of message, almost like brainwashing in a way. <laughs> and I was watching this and there was like a sudden flash of something and, it, and this happened, like editing shit happens all the time, but this was different. I could see, and I'm telling, it was a millisecond, like, and I looked in the comments right away. 
to see if anybody knows. Anyway, it was a, it flashed an image of what I could see was like a really creepy face, like full on face. So I thought, what the heck is that? So I went down in the comments to see if anybody else had noticed it. Nobody had noticed it. And then I was like, I couldn't slow down the video enough on YouTube to find the exact spot where it would show the image that they were flashing. So I screen recorded it on my phone because I know I can control, I can control the play bar. So I can kind of like scroll it back and forth. And I stopped on this and it was a picture of like a really crusty, old, weird looking person. I don't know what the hell, uh, it, who it is or why it's there but it's almost like they put it there as a joke or something to see if anybody would notice so if I've won a prize <laughs> please let me know because <laughs> I'm the first one that commented on it but um super strange and it could have just been like literally just been a total accident but how do you insert a clip like how do you s I edit my own podcast I know what editing is like I, I edit <laughs> and you can't just like you, it's really hard for that to happen. You'd have to, it'd have to be somewhere in the play bar. Like you'd have to, unless they do a totally different way. I don't know. All I know is that it's there. And if you want to check it out, here's the timestamp and I'll link the video down below so that you can find it right away. Because maybe there's a little bit of tomfoolery going on. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually used that in a, in my real life. I've heard it lots. I don't think I've ever said it. Uh, and yeah, so that's that. So one of the questions that I get asked the most, and not not by people on the internet, by like people that I run into and ask me questions about my job and like what I do and how I deal with it. And, and one of the questions I get asked is um, like, how do you deal with hate, like haters, you know, people just saying horrible things to you. And, and the truth is when I started my channel, I, I was fully prepared for that. Like I had seen being on the internet for years, like not on it, but you know, using the internet for years and reading other people's comments, seeing how mean they can be. And then hearing other people's stories about their nightmare with people just, you know, hammering them about this or that. Um, when I started my channel, I knew that I would be getting some sort of That's really shitty. I'm glad that I looked. All right. We're actually recording. <laughs> I was just talking about, I was just, just saying <laughs> before I noticed that there was no audio recording, um, that I get asked often about how I deal with all the kind of negative comments, negativity and things like that on the internet. Uh, and when I started my channel, I knew that this would be something that I'd have to deal with. I didn't go into it blindly and think, oh, that won't happen to me. You know, I full on knew, right? Because you can't, you just can't avoid it. It's just something that happens and people have this, this need to um, kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? They project their unhappy situation onto you, right? Um, now, I guess my whole life, I shouldn't say my whole life, because it's not like I've been like mistreated and things like that my whole life. I've, you know, I've went through a typical childhood shit, but 
Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that I have like a thick skin. Uh, I wouldn't say that I, I deal with like hatred well. In my real life, I'm lucky I don't deal with that kind of stuff. I don't have friends or people that try to hurt me or, you know, I guess maybe I've just eliminated them from my life, but I, um, it's something that I knew would happen when I started my channel. And I know that the people that are making these comments or whatever don't know me, right? They just know me through the camera and they, they can have an opinion about my ass, my age, my skin, whatever. But it's not coming from a place of like, oh, they think I'm a bad, like they know I'm a bad person so they're saying bad things. Um, so I think that it's definitely, it doesn't get to me. The only time, and I'll be totally transparent, the only time that like comments get to me is if I'm self-conscious about what they're saying already. So my skin or something, or, you know, if it's just after Christmas and I'm filming a bikini haul. <laughs> And I've gained a little weight, you know, um, that kind of thing. But I think it, it, and it doesn't hit me in a place of like, it's not like, I, I don't have some guttural like reaction. Where I'm like, oh my God, they think I'm fat. You know, uh, that's not what happens to me. It's just kind of like, oh, it's almost inspiration <laughs> to get back on my spin bike. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I think I'm generally like a really positive person and I understand why certain people say and do certain things and, you know, hurt people hurt people. Um, it's so true. It's like, you know, some, some people just, they're miserable. Misery loves company and they love to project that on other people and not everybody, but um, I just think it's, it's part of the biz, man. And I think that your if whatever you do it's not just being I guess <laughs> you know like I said before I've got I think now it's about 115 million maybe more views on my channel 115 million views so this is this is like a lot of people and that's not including Instagram and you know my other platforms but um that's putting yourself out there <laughs> and so I guess it is different in the sense that you know the people around you are uh, or the people that are viewing the videos have just free reign to write to you and you know if I, I read a lot of my comments and especially on the podcast uh, but I think it's true to say about any work environment really if you're working with more than five people you know it's like there's bound to be something bothersome about it but that's really off topic really because it's not necessarily to do with hate <laughs> Uh, but nowadays with technology and people's access to being able to comment or, you know, make videos even, it's, it can be a little rough. Uh, I have nothing to fear in my life. I've done nothing to be afraid about people exposing me for or whatever. So I guess I'm, I feel whatever somebody has to say about me, it's like, it really isn't going to be that bad. It might be something about me if, I don't know being 57 years old on the internet I don't know <laughs> uh, you know it really doesn't get to me so I mean try as you might sticks and stones uh, may break my bones <laughs> but names will never hurt me
one of the first, actually the very first YouTube video that I ever made was about getting complimentary upgrades at hotels and on flights. Now, if you're interested in this, in this, this technique works 99% of the time. The only time it hasn't worked for me was when the hotel was so jam-packed because of some event that there literally was no way to get an upgrade. If you're interested in upgrading your hotel room, even sometimes to the presidential suite for absolutely free, then keep on listening. Uh, I'm about to take a sip of my fishbowl. Hey, and you know what? I never even thought of this. I'm a cat and it's a fish. And I should probably be digging, trying to dig it out with my paw, but anyway, that's so cheesy. But I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> Sipping it slowly. Holy crap. I get all, there's so much alcohol in that I could just inhale. I just sit there and go like this and inhale it and feel it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a bit of a mistake. So towards the end of this, <laughs> stick around to the end because you never know how crazy it can get. I got gin in one, vodka in the other. And uh, who knows? Who knows what will happen? What is a complimentary upgrade? Complimentary, obviously, meaning free. So you want to make sure you include this word, complimentary upgrade. So if, if you just ask for an upgrade, they're going to charge you for it. Complimentary, they understand that you're looking to get an upgrade without being charged any more than you already have been. Or, you know, if you've prepaid, I don't know. And this is the way to do it. So let me just explain actually first uh, why it works. So, so let's say a hotel has three different classes of rooms, okay? First floor is all just general rooms, okay? Second floor is sort of middle-class rooms and the top floor is all you know high-end rooms so hotels want to have as many general like lower floor rooms as possible for walk-ins okay so say i've booked online i've already booked my room i show up at the hotel and i ask for a complimentary upgrade the hotel wants as many general rooms as possible for walk-ins and people that are just coming in off the street. They want to have as many of those po as possible. So it doesn't cost them any more to have you in uh, like a middle class or a higher class even. And so that's why it does like it doesn't cost them any more for maid service. I mean generally they're not going to offer up the best room that they have right off the bat but uh, you can depending on how friendly you are uh, and you don't always have to tip, but tipping helps. Now this is my technique and it has worked for me, like I said, 99% of the time. 99 hotels out of 100, okay? And this is the honest to God truth. If you try this, uh, you will never, you will never stop doing it because it is, uh, it's actually kind of remarkable. And I only found out about this like four years ago and since I started, like I said, it's worked every time. So this is my technique and this is exactly what you need to do to guarantee your complimentary upgrade. Keep in mind that the tip is is also going towards your room because obviously it's sort of complimentary but 
five bucks. <laughs> it's almost a free upgrade, right? Uh, so what I'll do is I'll take, they always want your identification and your credit card. What I do is I take whatever cash I have on hand and uh, I have tipped a 50 before and I did get upgraded quite heavily. <laughs> so maybe if I had tipped him a five, I wouldn't have got such an upgrade. But take whatever bill you have, slip it between your credit card and your ID, and poke it out a little bit so they can see it. And you slip it to them and you say, this is for you. If you can offer up a complimentary upgrade, uh, I'd really, really appreciate it. And nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, <laughs> they take the card, they see the tip, they, they acknowledge the tip, and then they start typing on their computer. And lo and behold, the room that they had already had your keys ready for you over here, you know, your card keys, they write you new ones. You suddenly go from your general room to a middle class or a first class room. Uh, because like I said, the, the hotel wants as many general rooms open as possible right? They're going to sell more of those than they are a room that's an extra 50 to $100. So that's why it works. And I'm telling you, it works every single time. I have told many people about this. I can't tell you how many times I've been thanked by people <laughs> that have had upgrades. Um, even try it in resorts in Mexico. Uh, it's worked for us there. And it's just been a positive experience all around and you know what the worst that they can do is say no right and uh, there has been a time where the hotel was generally like genuinely full so I knew that there was very little chance and it didn't work but um, Vegas the best place to try this those people love tips I'm telling you all everybody in the hospitality industry there tips speak to them and that and they will make shit happen <laughs> I've seen it with my own eyes and uh, there are wild things, but so you just don't know unless you ask, and there's no harm in asking, right? It's, and it's good to have just a bit of a script before you go in, so you're not like nervous. For some reason, when I first started to do it, I was super nervous, like like I was trying to steal from them or something. <laughs> and um, so anyway, that works. Just slip it in between. And you know, you can even ask without tipping. You can say, hey, if there happens to be like a possibility for an upgrade, you know, a complimentary upgrade, I'd really appreciate it. Um, but if not, no big deal. Like, so just being super friendly, make eye contact, act genuine, don't act like you're privileged and you need an upgrade for free or whatever. That's, you don't want to do that. Um, and it will work. Comment down below if you've ever tried this. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear one day in the future, um, one of my future podcasts, if it works for you. So give it a shot. When it comes to flights, uh, I've never got, <laughs> I've never had a complimentary upgrade on a flight. Um, sometimes you can upgrade to first class if you, like for a much lower rate than you would have had to pay if you booked it online or whatever. Uh, I do know though that if you are a member, like so say you're a WestJet member and you've been flying with them for so many years and you're, then you can ask for complimentary upgrades. I've never been a member with any airline. I've never flown enough to need one, but uh, it's, it's worth a shot. And I also know that whatever you ask for on a flight, like when they're walking by with the drink cart, 
and you want an iced tea and they're pouring half of a can in a cup and passing it out ask for the can they'll give you the can they'll give you three cans if you want they might give you a little bit of a look but um they'll give you whatever you want an extra meal if they have them don't be afraid to ask and it's not you know i've i kind of grew up i i'm the kind of person i don't like to ask for things i don't like to ask for help I might want another piece of cake, but I won't ask for it. I just am not that kind of person and not that that kind of person is even a bad thing. I just am not like that. It's not as scary as you think it is. The worst that they could say is, oh, I'm sorry, no, we can't or no or yeah. I mean, maybe the fear of some sort of rejection <laughs> is uh, rampant in some people, but it's their job. You know, it's not like you're asking a random stranger on the street for a bite of their sandwich. <laughs> you know what I mean? So recently I've had the breakout of the century. Uh, I used to have very acne prone skin and maybe some of you have noticed that I have acne scars and, but it's been pretty good for a while and no real specific reason it never went on Accutane. It was never that bad, but I freaking just recently, I don't know, it might be a little bit of stress, my high tier month, so my micro bikini tier, which just ended on Patreon, I filmed like freaking over 47 videos that month. It could have been a little bit of stress, but general, like, I, I don't know. I wasn't even that stressed. Like I don't, I don't associate my work. Like if I have to do lots of filming or whatever, it's not super stressful, right? It's not, it's like, I just get it done. I get up. I'm always excited to wake up every day. I, I have things to do. I've, I'm very creative. I mean, I get to go online shopping. <laughs> this is my job. Um, I still can't believe that this is my job. But anyway, so like I'm not complaining, but my face is, <laughs> my skin is. So <laughs> anyway, not that you guys care, but I just want to let you know that I'm human and I do get breakouts and it is a thing. Okay, so I want to ask you genuinely, have you ever thought about starting your own channel like your own YouTube channel I can guarantee you that at least 10% of you out there have thought about starting a channel or starting a podcast now I was talking to somebody recently about this and how there's so many things that stop people from doing it but they're not usually ever really good excuses <laughs> um obviously there are some excuses that people have that you know they can't start a channel or you know their job is 23 hours a day uh, but even so it's all the more better of an excuse to start a youtube channel um <clears throat> i thought about i thought about doing a little series on how i started my channel and like how to start a youtube channel and we'll start with YouTube and not delve into the podcast thing just because I'm so green at podcasting. I still don't know what the hell I'm even doing. So I'm, I'm not like at liberty to give any type of advice on podcasting. But when it comes to YouTube, um, I have, you know, I've made some achievements in a short period of time uh, that isn't necessarily super common for somebody to start their channel. I did have some advantages, but I thought about maybe potentially doing a little series and I don't think I'll do it on my podcast it'll be just on my regular channel um maybe like a three video series that's how I started the basics what you need to know the ins and outs what to do what not to do that kind of thing so if you think that that's a good idea let me know in the comments down below um if you're interested in knowing how I started why I started 
you know, what drove me, the amount of work it was in the beginning, um, the kind of money that I make or the kind of money that I was making back then, uh, then let me know. Uh, because I do know that there are so many people, and you might be one of them, that have wanted to start a channel, you know, be a YouTuber, get on, because you don't know unless you try. And listen, I, it's not like I had this lifelong dream of becoming a YouTuber. I was a professional artist before I started my channel and, you know, there was no reason. It wasn't like, oh, things were slowing down for me. They were actually getting really busy for me as an artist and um, I was doing a lot of custom stuff, a lot of custom artistic renderings and maybe one day I'll share some of those with you. But uh, I was busy, I was booked up solid pretty much and working and making, I was a working artist, <laughs> you know, like I was making money. And I started to get so busy and in fact, I got a contract with a hotel um, which was gonna take up a lot of my time just to kind of put my artwork in these hotels. And, and so I thought, damn it, like, if I don't, if I don't try this now, I'm not going to have any time in my future <laughs> to do this. And um, a certain, like the stars kind of aligned a little bit. There were some things that kind of went on and, and it was the perfect time for me. I had to, I had to do it. I had to know if I could do it. I was pretty confident that I could do it, but watching yourself on camera is kind of a scary thing. And then putting it out there for the world to see is even scarier. <laughs> but you know what they say, do something that scares you every day, right? Get out there, do things that scare you. And then you realize, oh, that wasn't so bad. And in my case, it really wasn't bad at all. And um, even with the odd hate comment, it's really not such a bad thing. Uh, and it's just, it's something that if you have this feeling inside of you that you wanna try it and do it, you have to, just do it. And you know, I wanna give this little piece of advice. There are YouTubers that use their phones, their smartphones to create videos. And maybe you've noticed that the odd time a YouTuber will say, oh, my, I forgot my camera or my camera broke, so I have to film this part with my phone. You'd never know that they swapped over to their phone unless they're doing some sort of like extreme panoramic shot of some sort of like with high detail. Like I could be filming this on my phone right now and you wouldn't know. <laughs> so you don't need to start off right away with Equipment, lighting, whatever. Take your smartphone, set it up somewhere, talk to it, and then watch it back, and then see what you like, what you don't like, and learn from watching yourself, right? Don't just start, like, don't think you're gonna start off like at level 10 and just, go, you gotta start off somewhere and see how, like, engaging, focusing on the camera, right? Because right now I'm talking to you, but nobody's there. <laughs> it's just the camera lens looking at me, but I've trained myself to look at you, right? I'm looking right at you, crazy. <laughs> um, so make your first video on your phone. And then there's also little editing programs. I mean, iPhones come with iMovie, super simple to learn. And, uh, and also know too, that on fi Fiverr.com, this is not sponsored, <laughs> Fiverr.com, um, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, is sort of like a freelance hiring website. That's not the right way to put it, but you can go on there and hire anybody to do anything. And I'm talking like from all over the world. You can get a video edited for like 50 bucks. I mean, even less. You can get a thumbnail created for your video, which is the, the cover image for your video um, for 
super cheap. So you don't have to do everything on your own. It does take a bit of knowledge and probably there's somebody in your life that can help you out if there are things that you don't know. Uh, but otherwise, don't let anything in your life stop you from giving it a shot. Whether that be somebody else, whether that be your work situation, because if you want it bad enough, you'll come home from work and you'll shoot a video. So uh, if you want more information from me on this and my opinions, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing, but somehow it's working, <laughs> um, then let me know. And maybe I'll do like a bit of a three-part series, maybe more of uh, the ins and outs of starting a YouTube channel. Well, have you noticed? <laughs> I haven't had many drinks of this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I should probably, I've got like a list of things that I'm doing today. Of course, my segments. And I might want to say, so I got to save erotic story time for closer to the end when I'm more drunk. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm not going to get drunk, I promise. Um, so I'm just trying to think if I, I don't want to save the hardest thing for last. <laughs> like reading. <laughs> I have enough trouble as it is. Okay, anyway, let's break up the chitter chatter with some kitty twisters so these are jokes actually this website had a few really hilarious jokes and it is the laugh factory the laugh factory website um, they have a ton of jokes and these ones I think most of them made me laugh out loud. A couple of them, maybe not, but they're funny. And feel free to laugh out loud. If you're by yourself, just let it all out. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. I forgot to mention. These are dirty sex jokes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Are there clean sex jokes? Maybe. Um, but these are, uh, are pretty, pretty funny. A little girl and boy are fighting about the differences between the sexes and which one is better. Finally, the boy drops his pants and says, here's something I have that you'll never have. The little girl is pretty upset by this since it is clearly true and runs home crying. A while later, she comes running back with a smile on her face. She drops her pants and says, my mommy says that with one of these, I can have as many of those as I want. <laughs> oh, so sick. <laughs> this one made me laugh out loud. Uh, Tammy went home happy, telling her mother about how she earned $20 by climbing a tree. Her mom responded, Tammy, they just wanted to see your panties. Tammy replied, see, mom, I was smart. I took them off. <laughs> mm. A man is lying on the beach wearing nothing but a cap on his crotch. A woman passing by remarks, if you were any sort of a gentleman, you would lift your hat to a lady. He replies, if you were any sort of a sexy lady, the hat would lift by itself. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. A woman places an ad in the local newspaper. Looking for a man with three qualifications. Won't beat me up, won't run away from me, and is great in bed. Two days later, her, do her doorbell rings. Hi, I'm Tim. I have no arms, so I won't beat you, and no legs, so I won't run away. What makes you think you're great in bed? The woman retorts. Tim replies, 
I rang the doorbell, didn't I? <laughs> Ding dong! <laughs> Having sex is like playing bridge. If you don't have a good partner, you'd better have a good hand. Three guys go to a ski lodge, and there aren't enough rooms, so they have to share a bed. In the middle of the night, the guy on the right wakes up and says, I had this wild, vivid dream of getting a hand job." The guy on the left wakes up, and unbelievably, he's had the same dream, too. Then the guy in the middle wakes up and says, That's funny. I dreamed I was skiing. <laughs> yes. There was an old couple laying in bed. The man turns and tells the woman, If you want to have sex, pull my dick once. If you don't want to have sex, pull on my dick 100 times. <laughs> so sick. Oh, that's cute. Super cute. <clears throat> I was sitting on my own in a restaurant when I saw a beautiful woman at another table. I sent her a bottle of the most expensive wine on the menu. She sent me a note. I will not touch a drop of this wine until you can assure me that you have seven inches in your pocket. I wrote back, Give me the wine. As gorgeous as you are, I'm not cutting off three inches for anyone. Rare. <laughs> beer bottle you break me you get one year of bad luck mirror you kidding me you break me then y'all get seven years bad luck condom <laughs> walks away laughing <laughs> life is like a penis women make it hard for no reason i'm not calling you a slut i'm calling you a penny two-faced worthless and in everyone's pants and that concludes Kitty Twisters! <laughs> Some of those are super funny, and I've got many more on that website to read for you. So don't spoil it by going on that website, by the way. Save them. Save them for this podcast. <laughs> so I was on a bit of a drive yesterday, and uh, no, I didn't see any freaking peacocks on the side of the road. <laughs> but I did have some thoughts about... Christmas time and don't ask me why I, there was just some some reason that I started thinking about this but I'm a little bit of a philanthropist and I what is the definition of philanthropist I better look this up a person who seeks to promote the welfare of others especially by generous donation of money to good causes okay so I am a philanthropist I can't believe I even spelled it right to freaking look it up anyway um so I I do watch some of Mr. Beast's videos. And if you don't know who Mr. Beast is, he's a popular YouTuber that has, I don't know, 50 million subscribers now, over 50 million. Let's check. I'm curious. 62.8 million subscribers. So he's getting up there and climbing. He does these videos where he'll, like his recent one, he creates a triangle out of tape in the middle of the floor. And whoever if you can fill that triangle with as much stuff without touching the edge, he'll give it all to you and he'll buy, he bought a freaking car dealership worth of cars and gave them all away and, and uh, has sort of created this empire out of doing these things. And that's not, not, not what I'm trying to do, but um, I think it was that that triggered this whole thought for me to, um, to do something really nice at Christmas time. And for the last five years or so, I've bought Christmas gifts locally for kids here in my town. But last year, um, I involved, I think it was last year or the year before, I involved some patrons. I took a photo of the gifts that I bought and told my patrons that some of the money that they had, you know, 
pledged to me went to these children and it, like I had really great feedback and I thought about I thought about like the different options as to what I could do like say in November there's something about handing people cash <laughs> that feels really good I've done it before uh, and okay so usually around Christmas time if I'm in a mall I'll have a stack of hundreds and not a stack but like maybe a thousand dollars worth of hundreds and pick and choose people that are either kind of picking up and cleaning up you know like the people that work in the food court and uh, go up to them and hand them a hundred dollar bill and say this is for you I think you're doing a great job like have a wonderful holiday and it's so lovely like people are just so thankful and you just don't know how you've changed their life that day you know you just don't know how far that money will go for them so um, that I've done it before with some family members and we had a lot of fun and uh, but I'm fortunate to be able to do things like that I'm not saying I'm not telling you to go out and give money away and uh, but I'm in a position that I can do this I thought well it'd be really great to do kind of like a little project and film it now I'm not somebody who needs, um, I don't need credit for these things. A lot of stuff that I do, I don't even tell anybody about. It's just, the, I, if I have the opportunity to, it's like a blessing for me to be able to do it. But I also know that sharing your generosity and kindness is also inspiring to other people. So the point of me making a video doing this would be to kind of spark inspiration and I've got some different ideas, uh, different. So it's it's tough because like donating money to a charity is really tough for me because I just don't freaking know where the money is going. And some do like some charities I do know, like locally, I know the people I know that they're not like taking 90 percent and putting it under the table. Right. But it's harder to just choose a charity. So I kind of want to do it with my own bare hands. <laughs> and of course, there will be children involved at some point with gifts. Uh, but like I said, giving money out in especially like early December could really just make somebody's whole Christmas. So if you have ideas as to how I can go ahead and make this happen or um, suggestions, because there's a few factors like so say I go to a mall and I'm gonna have to have a team with me um, because somebody's gonna have to be filming and that kind of thing uh, I know the first instinct that people have is to hug me and almost every time that I've given a significant amount of money away the, the, it's the first thing I want to do but I, <laughs> everything that's going on I'm not sure if like by then you know things will be any different and hugging will definitely not be part of um, what we should be doing <laughs> so um, and then so there's things that I'm gonna have to work out also they have to be willing to be on camera on my channel so I have to kind of make sure that I've approached somebody and say hey uh, I'm doing this project and I'm a youtuber and here you go like you know what I mean so then I can kind of make sure that they're willing to be on camera uh, anyway so there is just kind of an interesting thing that I have to work out um, before like sometime in no November. I don't know, I'll figure it out. <laughs> but let me know if you have any suggestions. So I got an email um, to my Kitty Liquor podcast email and uh, with some suggestions as for, like re with regard to topics for my podcast. And one of them was uh, 
Brazilian wax or sphinx, as I like to call them, which is Brazilian wax, I think is different than a sphinx. A sphinx, a sphinx wax <laughs> is uh, everything, every bit of hair gone. Uh, I have done this uh, a few times. Um, and okay, first of all, we all know that getting waxed really hurts. And I can't say that I've ever had a sphinx wax. I've had a sphinx sugaring where it's, it's essentially the same thing as waxing, except for the wax that you use sticks to your skin as well and can rip the skin. Sugaring only sticks to the hair because they kind of put like a talcum powder or something on first. Then they put the sugar on and then they're only pulling on the hair is not the skin. So sugaring in theory is, should be better for you. Now, when you get right deep in, around the peach, that is like, I don't know, equivalent to maybe like getting your arm cut off. <laughs> the pain is so almost unbearable. Okay, let me tell, I have to tell you a story. <laughs> this is so stupid. But one time I went for uh, a sphinx sugaring, uh, but earlier that day I had gone into a tanning bed and like scorched myself. So it was a vertical tanning bed and I didn't know that uh, there was a difference in time and I don't use a tanning bed anymore, but this is, this is, this is how this went. So I kind of scorched myself. So I went in the tanning bed at like nine in the morning after I worked out actually. And I had a wax later on that date about three o'clock. Sorry, I keep calling it a wax. It's just a habit, but sugaring. And uh, so not only did the, the sugaring hurt like hell, but I was also burnt. So it was like a double whammy and it was the worst. It was one of the worst experiences that I've ever had. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, why am I even doing this? Like, this is not natural, right? I mean, I get it. And you know what? When you are fully clean and waxed, your skin is so smooth. You want to just run around naked because you're just like, woo, I'm just so free of like hair. <laughs> and, and of course, whoever you're with enjoys it too. Uh, but it's just, I don't know, it's just too much. It's too much for me. I, I prefer a little something, just a little something. And um, also, you're just more prone to getting like ingrowns and stuff like that when you're just pulling out hair and then they're trying to grow back. And then... So I've had them done. I do like having after the fact, but, but it's just too much maintenance. It's like, but why? You know, it's unnatural. You should have something down there. It's there for a reason. All right. And let's talk about threesomes. Have I had a threesome? The answer is, I'm not going to freaking tell you. <laughs> what do you think this is? Uh, no, I'm just joking. Yes, I have. Who was involved? The sexes of the people that were involved. You know, this all changes things, right? Was it two other girls? Was it two other guys? Was it a guy and a girl? That's for your imagination. Uh, but the question was asked and now the question has been answered and um, it's all in video. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe I just made that up. 
<laughs> I think that alcohol is kicking in, actually. Okay, let's dive into Cat So these are facts that I found online. I cannot attest to them. Do your own research. <laughs> what I'm reading to you is something I'm repeating off the internet. So just so you know, I'm assuming that they're true and they're all innocent enough. It's not like I'm not starting rumors here, but these facts are from rd.com. Okay, fact. Movie trailers originally played after the movie. Uh, they trailed the feature film, hence the word trailer. Uh, and the first trailer appeared in 1912 and was for a Broadway show. There you go. Theodore Roosevelt had a pet hyena. So I thought this was interesting because like hyenas see, if I had to choose to be ripped apart and eaten by anything, would it be a grizzly bear, a black bear, a cougar or a hyena? Hyena would be last on my list because the last thing I want is something to be laughing at me as it's tearing me apart. <laughs> um, a hyena, yeah, I guess it's kind of close to a dog, but just the most vicious thing ever. I don't know, could you turn your back on a hyena at any point? Mm, I don't know. Uh, its name was Bill and was a present from the Ethiopian emperor. Roosevelt was famous for his many pets, including a one-legged rooster, a badger, a pony, and a small bear. Yeah, why not throw a freaking man-eating man -eating hyena in there? Fact. Europeans were scared of eating tomatoes when they were introduced. Scholars think, this is actually, this is actually interesting, listen to this. Scholars think Hernan Cortez brought the seeds in 19, sorry, in 1519 with the intent of the fruits being used ornamentally in gardens. By the 1700s, aristocrats started eating the tomatoes, but they were convinced the fruits were poison because people would die after consuming them. In reality, the acidity from the tomatoes brought out lead in their pewter plates, so they died of lead poisoning. So weird. So this, the acidity brought out the lead in their pewter plates. So they died of lead poisoning. So the acidity, interesting. The inventor of the microwave appliance only received $2 for his discovery. What a piss off. Percy Spencer was working as a researcher for American Appliance Company, now Wraith Raytheon, uh, when he noticed a radar set, when he noticed a radar set using electromagnetic waves melted the candy bar in his pocket. <laughs> Good thing he didn't melt his wiener. <laughs> Could he have children after that? <laughs> uh, he had the idea to make a metal box using microwaves to heat the food, but the company was the, uh, was the one to file the patent. He received a $2 bonus, but never any royalties. <gasps> what a piss, like what a piss up. I'm just thinking it'd be interesting for this company to kind of come back around and say, hey, we've made trillions of dollars off this. Here's a hundred million. Just, but people don't do that kind of, I would, if I was the owner of the company, I would make sure that the family was compensated. Uh, medical errors are t a top cause of death. Okay, this blew my mind. Listen to this. Medical errors are a top cause of death. According to a Johns Hopkins research team, 250,000 deaths in the United States 
are caused by medical error each year. This makes medical error the third leading cause of deaths in the country. Did you know this? Is this true? This is insane. If this is true, I mean, this is the first time that I've heard that. And that is too much. There's too many people. Medical error? What, what counts as medical error? Like the ambulance? People fly out of the back of the ambulance on the highway? <laughs> you know? I don't mean to laugh at that, but I'm just asking, like, what is going on here? And why is this the first time I've heard of this? Anyway. Now ask yourself this. Would you assume that would you assume that a giraffe or a sloth has more neck bones? Giraffe, right? Wrong. Despite physical length, there are more bones in the neck of a sloth than a giraffe. There are seven vertebrae in the neck of a giraffe and in most mammals, and in most mammals, but there are 10 in a sloth. So I don't know, it's kind of crazy actually, because if you think about it, sloths, they're little necks. Like, they don't even have much of a neck. Maybe, maybe that's why they move so slow. Because they have to, <laughs> it takes a little while to get like the message, I don't know. <laughs> uh, ancient Egyptians used dead mice to ease toothaches. This is another stupid one. Like this is the dumbest thing. And I, you know what? It's all superstition, I understand. This, like the toothache thing. I also read a fact that kissing a donkey would relieve a toothache. <laughs> no. Putting a dead mouse in your mouth relieves a toothache? In ancient Egypt, people put a dead mouse in their mouth if they had a toothache, according to the Nathan Belofsky book, Strange Medicine. Mice were also used as wart remedy, as a wart remedy during the Elizabethan, Eng during Elizabethan England. Okay, what? That makes more sense though than a toothache. Putting a dead mouse in your mouth? Is it like the spirit of the mouse leaves with your toothache? <laughs> this puts like a whole new meaning to tooth fairy. Squeak, squeak. Pigeon poop is the property of the British crown. It's true, I think. In the 18th century, pigeon poop was used to make gunpowder. So King George I confirmed the droppings to be property of the crown. So, um, makes sense. I've heard of like bat, bat shit being used, like guana, guano, guana, for uh, gunpowder. But I think, uh, yeah, what if a pigeon like poops in your hair? You know, how are they going to get it from you? Doesn't it belong to you then? It's in your hair? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, this one, uh, onions were found in the eyes of Egyptian mummies. Uh, Pharaoh Ramses IV of ancient Egypt had his eyes replaced with small onions when he was mummified. The rings and layers of onions were worshipped because people thought they represented eternal life. This aligns with the reason for mummification to allow the Pharaoh's body to live forever. Let's hope these in interesting facts don't all apply to practices used today. Let's hope these interesting facts don't all apply to practices used today. Who cares? If I die, put onions in my eyes. I don't care. I'm dead. A waffle iron inspired the world's first pair of Nikes. Bill Bowerman was a track and field coach in the 1950s. 
who didn't like how running shoes were made. He first created the Cortez shoe, but still wanted to make a shoe even lighter that could be worn on various surfaces. During a waffle breakfast with his wife in 1970, the idea came to him of using the waffle texture on the sole of running shoes. The waffle sole shoe made their appearance in the 1972 Olympic track and field trials in Eugene. Eugene where? Texas? The French language Scrabble world champion does not speak French. Can you believe it? The French Scrabble world champion does not speak French. How is this possible? New Zealand native Nigel Richards memorized the entire French Scrabble dictionary, which has 386,000 words in nine weeks to earn his title. Savant or something like that. Uh, he has also won the English World Scrabble Championship Championship three times, the U.S. National Championship five times, and the U.K. Open Scrabble Tournament six times. This comes 20 years after first playing Scrabble when Richards was 28 years old. Almost like a Queen's Gambit kind of situation, you know? Some kid who could just remember shit like crazy, like memorize anything. That's wild. Good for him. Uh, a woman called the police when her ice cream didn't have enough sprinkles. <sighs> I had to throw this one in here. Like, this is the last one, and I just got I had to. <laughs> the West Midlands Police in England released a recording of a woman who called 999, the UK version of 911, uh, because there were bits on one side and none on the other. What an atrocity. She says in the recording... <laughs> She was even more upset when the ice cream truck man did not want to give her her money back. So I get it. When you're looking forward to something, maybe that was the one ice cream she was allowed to have that week and she wanted it to be perfect. I can relate because I've been there before. <laughs> Where I'm like, okay, this is my one ice cream. I want it to be the best. She got so upset she called the police. And maybe it was a situation where she tried to get her money back. He wouldn't give it back to her. Then she called the police. It wasn't because she didn't have enough sprinkles. It was just the, the principle. We weren't there. We can assume. But I'm just going to hope that that was the situation. <laughs> uh, just so you know, my favorite, favorite treat. I mean, last meal kind of dessert treat. Dairy Queen Cotton Candy Blizzard with extra cotton candy. That is the ultimate for me. Ay, ay, ay. Let's get into <laughs> what kind of jingle should I make for erotic story time? Erotic story time. No, let's try it again. Um, <clears throat> it's erotic. It's erotic story time. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe not. But up, up, it's erotic story time. <laughs> That sounded like the McDonald's intro. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Erotic story time. 
uh, I need help. <laughs> I need help with that situation. Uh, I will eventually have a jingle for all three of my segments, but as for right now, that's going to have to do. So last erotic story time uh, was very interesting and it wound up, okay, just to sum it up and how I even remember is beats me. I think because I make it all up as I go and it just sticks in my head like I can actually physically see it if I close my eyes. To sum up where we left off last time, you and me take a little rickety sailboat to Skull Island. We have a great time. You build like a little shack in 30 seconds. <laughs> Uh, then there's some sort of saber-toothed jaguar. <laughs> I know a saber-toothed tiger, but um, a saber an ancient saber-toothed jaguar that you fought off. You, we made love on the way back to the island and were greeted by our family. <laughs> we made love twice, actually, on the beach and in the boat. Uh, anyway, so that leaves us to day three. It's a day three adventure. It's day three on our tropical vacation. And we're in Mexico. And um, we were going to kind of have a relaxing day after the shenanigans, shenanigans of the day before. <laughs> you were clearly exhausted and a little caught up from fighting off this saber-toothed jaguar. But we decide that we only live once and we're only here for so long. And... Um, you plan a little excursion to a cenote. A cenote is like a freshwater hole. So it's like a cave that's full of water and there's some sort of source, like a spring that fills it. And it's been there for, I don't know, millions of years or something. So, oh Jesus, I just took a sip of that. I'm starting to feel it. <laughs> Interesting fact that I read. It takes six minutes for alcohol to affect your brain. And it's been much longer than that. So anyway. So I'm excited. Once again, uh, I plan my bikini. And this time, I've decided to wear kind of a, a white, a thin white bikini because... If we're going to be swimming and snorkeling, you're going to see me underneath that water and probably be able to see right through my swimsuit. And I, I like that. I want to tease you a little bit and drive you a little crazy. So I plan my outfit and uh, we decide to meet in the lobby at noon. Already by 12, it is hot, scorching hot. Sun is out. The humidity is a little insane. And I'm wearing kind of a white button-down top. And you're wearing a nice blue button-down shirt and shorts. I love you in blue. And we head off in this little taxi. Uh, however, the taxi has no air conditioning. But you know what? We're in Mexico. We're just going to go with it. So we head to this area. And this is not really a touristy place. This is where the locals go. And we've hired this taxi driver all day. 
to kind of take us around. So we get to the area with the cenote and all I see is flat cactus land, cacti land, cactusy, <laughs> cactus land, and a little ladder going down into a hole. And I'm thinking, he said, okay, I'll be back later to pick you up. And there we were with no nothing, no place to buy water. Uh, and I look at you and you look at me and we both kind of look a little confused, but we're committed and um, here we go. I said, well, I get, I mean, I don't even have a place to change, but there was nobody around. Absolutely nobody. So I proceed to just take off my stuff. Luckily I had my swimsuit on underneath all my clothes. And uh, your shorts are your swim trunks, so you just take your shirt off. I see a little bit of sweat glistening off your chest. Because, like I said, there was no air conditioning. And we start to go down the ladder. So you go down first to make sure it's safe and okay. And all I hear is you go, wow, this is insane. And uh, we brought our own snorkel gear. Just so you know, I forgot to mention that. And I follow you down the ladder. And as I get farther down the hole, it starts to open up into this massive cavern where there are like stalactites coming down from the ceiling. Stalagmites or stalactites? I know stalag stalagmites, like, I don't know who's, who's what. Stalagmites, I'm just going to commit to that, coming down. Kind of dripping into this cenote. The water is so clear blue that it looks like a sheet of glass and you're looking through it to the very bottom and I could see that there was something swimming around down there like not really big but almost like fish or something and I thought well it's water so let's just go for it at the very bottom of the ladder is this little platform with a bit of a dock and we're blown away and it's so beautiful it's quite dark in there because the only light being let in is through the hole <laughs> that we just climbed down and i feel the water and the water is decent it's not super cold but it's also not super warm either and it's cooler down there just because it's so out of the sun and oh my goodness so crazy so you're the first one to go in with your snorkel gear and I'm looking down at you and I would noticed the thing swimming below, but I didn't say anything to you. <laughs> I wanted to see what was going to happen. <laughs> no, I just didn't think of it. I thought, oh, they're obviously fish or something. You know, never did I think they were what they were. So anyway, at this point, I'm getting ready to go in there. And I see you are still under the water, swimming around. It's been two minutes and you're still holding your breath and you're exploring all around. And as I'm looking down at you, I see you kind of disappear. And I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? Where did you go? And I'm thinking you're playing some kind of trick on me or I'm waiting, I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for you to come back, but you don't come back and you're gone. 
So I decide that maybe you're like caught up down there somewhere and I better freaking get my ass in gear and go save you. <laughs> so in my little white bikini, I dive into the water. Sorry, I don't dive. I slowly go into the water because I have my mask on and my snorkel. And I'm blown away by this water. I've never seen anything like it. But the panic of you being gone is really worrying me. So I look around, look around. I can't see anything, but I know generally where you were the last time I saw you. So I can't hold my breath worth shit. This is true in real life. <laughs> I can, but anyway, uh, but not for very long. So the water is cold enough. So I do a bit of a little dive to see if I can see where you went in the area that I last saw you. And I get down far enough and I see that there is a bit of a cave down there. And I'm thinking, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. He's in the cave. He's drowning. He's dying. I don't know what, but now I got to go down there and save him. And I'll tell you one thing. Cave diving is one of my worst fears. Just keep that, just know that. So I suddenly have the superhuman instinct to save you because we have had the most incredible few days and this was not how it was going to end. So I take one deep breath and I dive underwater and I kick my feet as fast as I can to get down to that cave. And I surprised myself because I got there a lot quicker than I thought I would. And I could see that through that cave, there's light. But I am not about, and I see that you're not in the cave. So you obviously made it to the other side. And I'm thinking, Frick, this is rude. <laughs> How rude of you to just go and leave and then make me potentially drown looking for you. So I'm getting a little ticked. So I swim back up to the top once again, but somehow my anger is channeled into strength and glory. <laughs> so I, you heart, I harness that f horrible feeling of anger and wonderful feeling of glory and find the strength to dive and go through the cave. Hold my breath again. <gasps> And I dive down and I start swimming through the cave. I see that you had gone through and I figured, well, if I'm going to die, it's best I die with you. <laughs> but I keep going. And the cave probably is about only eight feet long to the light. I swim through and right away I pop up and I can't believe my eyes. I see a mound of glistening gold treasure and you <laughs> and the, the glowing light that I saw was from a hole in the roof of this other cave where the sun was beaming down on this treasure. Uh, you're laughing hysterically as I pop up because you are in such disbelief that you don't know what else to do. I have my mouth hanging open and I can't believe what I'm seeing. And 
I literally start laughing my ass off too. <laughs> because we've just discovered some sort of treasure that has been there for so long that nobody has discovered it. And I picked up one of the gold coins. And I do what everybody in the movies does. <laughs> I bite it to see if it's real. <laughs> and it's real. And oh my God. We hug each other and, of course, start ripping each other's bathing suits off. <laughs> and we make sweet love on this mound of jewels and treasure. And I had coins in places I never knew coins could be. <laughs> and so we have this idea after we didn't have a cigarette to light but we had all this treasure to look at and we try to scheme up a way to keep the treasure like because we don't want the Mexican government to find out that we found this treasure because that means that they would take it from us or would belong to Mexico but I don't know the rules and neither do you and we're taught we're discussing the right thing to do do we continue to just come here in small little trips and fill our pockets or bags with treasure and swim out privately. Um, but there was a risk because if people saw swimming down and disappearing, they would know we went somewhere and somebody else surely would find this treasure. So you had an idea to search for the opening at the top of the cave where the sun was shining through, uh, which was really strange because <laughs> <laughs> the cave was uh, obviously underneath where we went down and then the the other cave was only like eight feet away from it so the hole had to be nearby so we went up top searched for this other hole couldn't find it couldn't find it and we're thinking what the heck that doesn't make any sense it has to be like right here so we go back down into the, the cenote, back down the ladder, off the dock, dive down. And what do you know? We couldn't find the opening anymore. We couldn't find the cave. It was all an illusion. Then we realized <laughs> that at the top of the cenote was a bunch of bats and they were shitting in the water. So we, what we think happened was we were poisoned by the cenote water, which made us hallucinate and almost have kind of like an ayahuasca trip because maybe the bats were eating mushrooms. <laughs> and, oh my God. Oh, this just ripped out my hair. And so we couldn't explain it. That was our theory. We climbed up the cenote and our cap, our taxi driver was waiting there for us because it was right about the time we told him to come pick us up. And he asked us, how was it? And we said, it was interesting. And we looked at each other and the, the, ca the cab driver says, did you find the treasure? And we were like, he says, there's a rumor of treasure in that cave. Did you find it? 
And that's when we realized maybe we did find something. Maybe there's a bit of a portal. Maybe it is real. So <laughs> we got in the cab, went back to the resort, and told the story to our family. And they thought it was the greatest thing that ever heard. They all laughed at us and thought we were crazy. And from that day forward, we never really knew the truth. The end. <laughs> Whoa, that took a little bit of a weird, weird twist. I don't know how these things come up in my head, you know? They just, just I see images and I just go with them. Well, that concludes erotic story time. I hope that you loved it. Uh, send me your comments, questions, funny jokes, and video submissions to kittylickerpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I want to know what you want me to talk about. I also want to hear your jokes. They are building up now with emails. And um, in the next few few podcasts, I'll probably be featuring a few of you. Um, that concludes this podcast, episode eight of Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. Uh, apologies for the first part of the video. I really hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you give this video a thumbs up and subscribe. I hope I earned all those things from you. Uh, leave your comments down below. Feel free to leave me jokes and uh, I love reading your comments. I do my best to get back to you um, and we just have, I'm having so much fun doing this and I just am so thankful that I get to do this and that I have such a wonderful interactive audience. So thank you all so much for your participation. It is June, so that means that bikini season is finally here. Clearly it is here. I've got my fan going and about 16 different orders of bikinis. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, so subscribe to my channel if you want to see that as well. Otherwise, I hope all of you had fun hanging out with me. I had fun hanging out with you. I hope you have an amazing day. I hope you have an amazing week. And I'll see you all in my next video, whether it be a podcast, bikini try-on, Patreon, OnlyFans. Uh, we'll see.